Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers and spiritual entrepreneurs to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and join our crystal movement. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, we're going to do something a little bit different than usual. Instead of our typical three segments, um, I have a little bit longer story to share today. So just for this episode, we're going to skip our Ask Me Anything segment and our Trending This Week segment because this is really kind of like one extended Ask Me Anything segment. So I get asked from people really all the time, how did the school get started? How is it that I do what I do? Because I think it's still pretty um, surprising to a lot of people that you can have a job as a crystal healer. And if you would have asked me, you know, 15 years ago, if I would have ever thought that this was possible for me, I don't think I could have even imagined it. And I think a lot of people find themselves in the same situation. There's something that they feel so called to do, but they just don't see the way ahead. They don't see the path, and so it doesn't feel like it's something possible. It doesn't feel like it could be real because you can't see how to get there. And I guess I just wanted to share today the story of how I went from just being a crystal lover and someone who was really interested in crystals to a best-selling crystal author and international crystal teacher. So that's what we're going to talk about today because I get this question so much. I thought it would be really helpful just to kind of do an entire podcast episode kind of dedicated to my story and my journey and my hope for you is that if you listen to this story and you feel like you're on a similar path in your life right now or you'd like to be, that you realize that this is possible, that you can make this happen. It's not just some fluky thing that happened for me, but it can't happen for you. If I can do it, you can do it. So please believe that. Um, So I guess we'll go back like to the beginning. So if you've listened to interviews with me before at all, you know that I really got started with crystals because of my grandparents. My grandfather was really into crystals and minerals and really anything in the natural world. He was a scientist. He loved learning about animals and plants and minerals. And he really kind of shared that love and passion with me from a young age. And I really have him to thank for my interest and curiosity about crystals. And although he wasn't really looking at them from an esoteric perspective, he really wasn't looking at healing qualities or the metaphysics of minerals at all, he did instill that deep love and appreciation. And I think my own curiosity for all things metaphysical kind of, you know, obviously influenced the way that I approached my relationship with crystals. So as like anyone, this kind of just started out in my journey with a lot of self-study Um, This was like, you know, even going back to my teenage years, I would read books about the metaphysical properties of crystals. And my very first book that I ever got was Melody's Love is in the Earth. I actually found it at a library sale for like 25 cents or 50 cents. And I couldn't believe it. I was so excited. 
and I bought that book for myself. And I read it cover to cover, which if you've read Melody's book, is like no small feat. <laughs> um, it's it's pretty intense, you know. She has so much wisdom and knowledge to share, and that was kind of a big eye opener for me about just how deep you could go in the world of crystals. There are minerals in that book that to this day I've probably still never seen in person. Um, there are minerals that I had never heard of the first time I went through and read that book, but it was so exciting at that time because it was like just this whole new world for me. And that kind of really instilled this deeper curiosity. And I just wanted to know more and more. I'm one of those people that kind of that thirst for knowledge is never really quenched. I'm always wanting to learn something new. So although that was my first kind of really deep foray into this kind of self-study realm of crystals, I started to buy books by lots of other people, authors that I have a great deal of respect and admiration for. Judy Hall, Naisha Asian, Katrina Raphael, and... I really started to learn a lot about the different perspectives and viewpoints that exist in the crystal healing world and just how many possibilities there were out there for how to work with stones. But at that time, I also felt a little confused and a little overwhelmed because as much as there were things that many people agreed upon, there were also things that they disagreed about and there were things that conflicted and I felt really kind of lost in my exploration of the mineral kingdom and trying to really understand how to work with crystals for my own personal growth and well-being. Um, at that time uh, or around that time, I was finishing up college. I decided to take a part-time job at a metaphysical shop in Madison, Wisconsin called Mimosa Books and Gifts. And it just felt like something that was really right for me. It fit with my interests and things I was passionate about while I was going to school for botany, actually. So always, again, that kind of passion for the natural world coming through. I love plants. Um, and I had gotten my associate's degree in ornamental horticulture and decided to pursue my bachelor's degree in botany. And there were things that I liked about it and things that I didn't like about it. And working at that metaphysical shop at Mimosa was really supporting this kind of part of myself that I needed to be nurtured at that point. I was going through big changes in my life. There was so much happening for me. And I realized that the path that I was on with my career trajectory in botany, I had had some amazing jobs already, had started out my career in that field. I worked for the premier root biologist in the world at the Morton Arboretum um, out of Chicago. And so I was on this like very solid career path, um, but there were things that just didn't feel right about it to me. The career paths that were kind of put in front of me with that and, and my career options felt fairly limited and they didn't really resonate with what I wanted to do or what I felt like I should be doing. And it was really scary because even at that time, the positions that I had had in my field were very well-paying. Um, they had a certain amount of like prestige associated with them. And even when I decided to kind of take that little part-time job at a metaphysical shop, I kind of got a little bit of pressure from my family to do something that was more aligned with what I was finishing up school for and what everyone thought I kind of should be doing. But I thought, you know what? No. 
I need to do this for me. I need to have this part of me that feels really nourished by how I'm spending my time in my career because our careers are so much of what we do, not necessarily of who we are, but of what we do on a day-to-day. And I wanted to feel really fulfilled. So working at Mimosa, although I definitely didn't make very much money at all, it was, you know, between like everything I had going on, it wasn't the easiest thing in the world or the most convenient, but it was something that I really enjoyed. And I think that at the time, it really started to kind of rekindle and fuel that passion for crystals again. And I got so excited about crystals and learning about crystals and helping people at the store, our customers choose crystals for themselves. And it was something that I found really enjoyable, something I really, really got excited about and looked forward to every day. Even though it was just like this retail job, I felt so excited to go to work and and do that stuff. So at the time, I was also kind of dealing with a lot of personal issues. So around this time, I was struggling with a lot of anxiety, and this was kind of twofold. So I think part of my anxiety that I was dealing with, and I mean, I'm talking like debilitating panic attacks almost daily. Um, I think part of that was feeling so much pressure in my life and feeling really torn between things that I kind of wanted to do and explore and felt passionate about and feeling honestly a little bit kind of crushed and thwarted with my possible career options that lay ahead of me Um, and not really feeling in alignment with where my life was headed. It was really scary time. And even though it was something that I thought that I had wanted and that I was kind of talking myself into, deep down I knew it it wasn't right. It wasn't the right fit. And I think that that just bubbled over. You know, I felt this intense internal pressure to make everybody happy and have that kind of um, societal view of success, which was like good job, good paying job, big house, big family, all that kind of stuff. And inside, I knew that that wasn't really going to bring me happiness. That wasn't really what it was about for me. And for some people, that is what it's about. And that's totally okay. Like, no judgment on that. But for me, that wasn't the thing that was going to bring me happiness ultimately. So I was having a lot of anxiety about that. And also, at that time, I was diagnosed with a genetic heart condition. And it was something that I was struggling with almost constantly at that point in my life. I really didn't know a lot about it. I had no idea up until my diagnosis when I was in my early 20s that I even had this issue, but I found that I was just, I felt quite ill um, a lot. I would have really scary times where my heart would just start racing. Uh, I have a, a kind of specialized form of tachycardia that pops up at any time, so my heart will just start racing and thumping and just kind of beating out of my chest and I had no idea what was going on with me and I was in my early 20s and I felt like I was having a heart attack. I mean it was really scary and this would come up a lot so I think that really pushed me even more so to kind of get a hold of my own health and my own well-being. So that kind of combined with my anxiety which honestly would trigger my anxiety and make it so much worse was a big um push, I think, 
for me to take my health and wellness really seriously. So I'm so grateful that I worked at Mimosa at that time and I felt so supported by the amazing people that I met, the things I was being introduced to and to yoga and meditation and things that were really helping my well-being. But one of the big things that I did for myself was continue to learn about crystals and started using crystals personally to really help with, again, my own personal health and well-being and, and just really kind of figuring out how that all fit in. So all these big changes were happening for me. There was a lot going on. And I was, again, fortunate enough to work at Mimosa at that time, that metaphysical shop. And um, there was a teacher coming from Chicago. Her name was Akia, and she was a certified founding instructor in Melody's Love is in the Earth, Laying on of Hands with Laying on of Stones workshop. So here was this thing that felt so synchronistic from the universe. So that very first crystal book that I ever got for myself was Melody's Love is in the Earth, A Kaleidoscope of Crystals. I fell in love with that book. I adored that book. It really opened up so many doors for me in terms of learning about crystals. But I was also at this point where I had read so many other things that I was feeling a little bit confused and conflicted about all of the information that was out there and I really decided at that point that what I needed was a teacher, a mentor to really help me understand a little bit more about crystals and how crystals could be used in my own life. And when I found out that this amazing teacher was going to bring Melody's workshop to the little store that I worked at, I signed up for that workshop right away. I was so, so excited to take that training. And it was something I just wanted to do for myself, for personal development. And it was really expensive at that time in my life. I was a student. I was only working part-time. My husband and I lived together. We weren't married yet. We lived together. Um, He didn't have like the best paying job either. So, you know, we were young. We were kind of struggling to make ends meet. And it was really scary to decide that I was going to spend quite a large sum of money on something that felt like a luxury. It wasn't something that we had in the budget. It wasn't something that we really could afford. In fact, I had to put the course on my credit card, which was scary. I'm really, I'm like really strict and regimented when it comes to my spending. And that was definitely like outside of my means at that time. But there was part of me that felt like It was something that I had to do, something I had to do for myself. And even if that meant, you know, that I had to cut back in some other ways, which wasn't easy because there wasn't very much to cut back on, um, it was something I knew I had to do. And so I had to talk with him. I, I talked about how important this kind of was to me, how it was something I really wanted to explore for my own personal development and my health and well-being. And luckily, he was so amazingly supportive. And he said, you know what, if you feel like this is something you really need to do, then I think you should listen to that. So I signed up for this workshop. And all I can really say is that it was probably even still up until this point in my life, one of the most transformational things I've ever done. It was such a powerful experience. I had the privilege of taking this workshop with some amazing people that I felt such a deep connection with and um, with an instructor that I really respected and admired. And I learned so many new things. And I finally felt like something just kind of clicked for me 
about working with crystals. It just kind of started to make sense. And it was really because of that first professional training that I took. And I knew at the end of that training, which was just like a full on weekend workshop intensive, I knew at the end of that, that this is something that I wanted to share with other people. I wanted other people to have that experience that I had had in this workshop. So that was just the first part of the workshop. A few months later, we took the second half of the workshop, the level two of the workshop, and I became a certified practitioner. And I started offering sessions, crystal healing sessions, at Mimosa, where I worked. Um, And it was something that was really exciting for me, something I was so passionate about, something I really enjoyed. It seemed like a lot to juggle. I was still going to school, although I didn't feel like super aligned with that career path. I was still kind of in that mindset that it was something I had started, I needed to finish, it was something I should do, you know, have that good job, be able to support my family. Um, And I was still working at Mimosa and then doing these sessions on the side for people, honestly, just as something that I enjoyed doing, something that I just wanted to do because it helped me feel really fulfilled. And about this time, the owner of the store that I worked at started looking for a business partner. She was getting to the age where she thought she may retire within a few years and she wanted the opportunity to work with a business partner and I thought it would be something that I would be so good at and I loved, loved working at Mimosa. It was something I really enjoyed, Um, but I just thought, you know what, I'm young, I'm totally broke, there's no way I can make that work, I have no idea how to run a business, I've never done anything like that, There's, there's just no way that that's for me, even though it's something I really wanted to do and thought I'd be really good at. I just didn't see how it was possible. I didn't have the vision, and that's really what it comes down to, I didn't have the vision for myself. Um, I'm like pretty analytical in a lot of ways. And if I can't connect the dots and I can't see how I get there, I just thought it wasn't possible. And so I didn't speak up about it. Didn't say it was something I wanted. Uh, just, you know, kind of resigned myself to the fact that it wasn't going to be something that was possible for me. And lo and behold, someone else actually stepped into that position who was pretty much just as young and broke as I was, honestly, Um, And I was really surprised that that happened, but the owner of the business, Diane, um, such an amazing, amazing person, such an influential person on my life. Um, She, you know, decided, you know, I'm going to give it a go with this, with this person who was, like I said, just a couple years older than I was also super broke. I mean, we were like in that same uh, kind of position and she had spoken up though. She had said, I want to give this a try. And so she stepped into kind of a trial partnership role. And I didn't really know how, you know, what had was transpiring behind the scenes there. I didn't know how she was going to make that work financially with a business partnership or anything like that. I really had no idea. But there was part of me that was just bummed. You know, I was so bummed and so disappointed in myself that I hadn't said something because I thought, well, how can this person make this work? If this person can make this work, I probably could have done this. Like, why didn't I say something? Why didn't I speak up? And it was a really hard lesson because I felt that I had missed out on this huge opportunity in my life. And I was really disappointed in myself. And that doesn't happen often. But in that moment, I just, I felt 
a lot of regret. That's something that I, I still to this day just like had a lot of regret about because my intuition was telling me that this was something I should do and I just didn't listen because logically I couldn't figure out how I was going to get there. So let that be a lesson. If your intuition is really pushing you to do something, always, always listen, even if you don't know logically how it's going to happen. So fortunately for me, um, the partnership with this other person after a few months kind of didn't work out. She realized it wasn't something she really wanted. It wasn't what she thought it would be. And she decided to gracefully kind of step out of the partnership, which left a vacancy. So Diane was still running the shop, doing amazing things, and kind of put it out there again that she was looking for a business partner. And I decided this time that it was all or nothing. I was going to make this happen. Like, I didn't know how, but it was something that I wanted. I felt that being a co-owner of this metaphysical shop, if I could do that, and I could work in these crystal healing sessions and be a practitioner of something that I love doing and help people in a way that I loved helping them. I thought, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. I have no idea what's going to happen. I might fail and that's really scary, but this is one of those things that when I look back later in life, if I haven't tried, then I'll regret it. So this time I spoke up and I decided to have a conversation with Diane, um, a few days prior to our meeting, I had decided, even though I was so close to finishing my degree in botany, that I was going to leave school. And this was a big deal. Um, my family was not happy, <laughs> um, understanding, but not happy. Uh, and there was a lot of pressure, you know, that was a big step for me. But I decided that if I really wanted to give this a go, I needed to tell the universe that I was ready. And for me, staying in this kind of career path that was not fulfilling was not the way to go. So I decided to leave school uh, just like I had probably two or three days before my meeting with Diane. We had a meeting and she kind of started out by saying, okay, now I'm really excited that you decided to take this meeting with me. I wanted to propose something to you and just let me know whether or not this would work. And she said, here's the thing. I would love to run this business with you, but I know you're in school. I know that's a priority. I'm wondering if it would be possible for you to maybe step in as a manager, even if it were just part-time. And I said, Diane, I am so grateful for that offer, um, but that's not going to work for me. And her face just kind of fell and I could tell she was really disappointed. And I thought, okay, this is, this is it. This is my moment that I've been kind of working up toward. And I said, here's the thing. I can't accept a manager job because what I would really like to do is be your business partner. I adore you. I love what you do here. I love mimosa. This is something I feel that I'd be really good at. I know that I have, you know, no experience running a business or managing a business and, I have no money to buy into a business. I have no idea how I'll make that work. But if you're willing to give me a shot, I feel like we can figure those things out together and make it happen. And she, her face immediately lit up and she was like, I've wanted to ask you the whole time, but I knew you were in school. I didn't want to say anything. What are you going to do about school? And I said, well, I've actually decided just a few days ago to leave school. And of course, she was also nervous for me. It was a big change. Um, but she was so supportive and so amazing. And 
I really have her to thank for so many things in my life. So with a whole lot of elbow grease and sweat equity, I was able to become a partner in the business. I've started working probably 60, 70 hour weeks um, at Mimosa and it was a lot of hard work. Like, please don't get me wrong here. Things don't just magically happen. The universe also always requires you to put in some effort to make your dreams come true. And it was a time where it was a lot. I mean, it was a lot to balance and juggle, but I was learning so much. It was something I really enjoyed. So even though, yes, it was exhausting and yes, it was a ton of work. It's something that I would not change for the world. I got so much experience. I learned so much and my professional sessions kind of started to pick up. I was able to schedule them more. I was at the shop more. I was there interacting with more customers and making great contacts and I started to do more and more sessions and it was something that I enjoyed so much. And here's the thing I want to tell you, that time was so formative for what I teach now in my crystal healing certification program. And I want to say, if you're looking at taking a crystal program, I don't care who it's with, if it's with me, if it's with someone else, any crystal program that you're looking at taking, do your research and find out, has that person actually done sessions professionally? You would be appalled at how many teachers are out there teaching about crystals and they've never actually really done professional work. And although, yes, you can get so much experience doing sessions for your friends and your family and that kind of thing, there is nothing like having to do it for a paid client <laughs> to really like force you to, I guess, give it your all and and have it be such a powerful learning experience. So that's kind of a side note. But at this time, I was starting to do tons of sessions. And what I found at the end of my sessions was that I would spend a good deal of time, like 15 minutes with each person, really teaching them about something that they could do for themselves. I really like the idea of empowering my clients. So rather than expecting someone to come back and see me over and over and over and over again for the rest of their lives, my goal ultimately was like to get that person to a place where they didn't need to see me anymore except for maybe once or twice a year for a really nice energetic tune-up. So that was kind of my goal and I always looked at my job that way as a responsibility to my client to really teach them how they could work with crystals for themselves and what they could do to keep their own energy field really healthy. And this was kind of at a time, even like before Facebook was a super big thing. Um, this was back in like 2007. Um, yeah, 2007, early 2008. And so I was doing all these sessions, starting to teach clients. And this was back when like online forum groups, like Ning groups were still a thing. <laughs> and they were like these interest-based like chat groups kind of. And so I was a member of one of these that had a few thousand members from all over the world. And it was just about crystal healing. And there was a man that ran the group and he was so amazing. Um, and he facilitated such amazing conversations and discussions about crystals. And he had little like study groups that he ran with on within that little um, chat group thing. And I learned so much and I shared so much in that group. And I met some amazing people and it was something that was 
such a big influence on my journey. And so I was in there all the time chatting about, okay, here's what was going on for me this week with my clients. And of course, keeping total confidentiality, not sharing names, not sharing personal details, anything like that, but just talking and going, okay, I had someone to come see me for this. These are the crystals that I use. This is what I did. What do you guys think about that? And getting tons of feedback and sharing the things that I was teaching my clients at the end of sessions. And that was such an amazing support for me. So I found that two things that are so important in your crystal healing journey, in your education, are a mentor or instructor, like I had in that first crystal training that I took, and a community, a supportive community. Both of these are really kind of imperative to understanding what you're doing on a deeper level and really seeing the bigger picture and how things fit together. So in late 2007, early 2008, I also started offering online classes. Now, this was before online courses were what they are today. This was like before the days of video lessons, anything like that. I was offering a correspondence course. So it was an actual crystal healing certification program. And I'm pretty sure I was the first person to ever use the letter CCH certified crystal healer. And it was something that I offered by email correspondence. So people could sign up for my program. They would get emailed their first lesson with their homework assignment. They would go through the lesson, read all the materials, do the homework, send it back to me for grading, and I would send them the next lesson. And this was like the very first iteration of my crystal healing certification program. So it started just all by email. It was not super tech savvy. Um, I really had no idea what I was doing online, but I wanted to share things with people. At the same time, I was traveling around to teach. I had started to uh, really kind of enjoy the teaching aspect as well as the healing aspect when it came to my crystal work. So I was getting invited to a lot of women's groups and community groups and spirituality groups to share and do little lectures and workshops and presentations about crystals and what they were and how they worked because I know they seem pretty mainstream now in the metaphysical community, but back 12 years ago, they were still, I guess, not like super big. They were one of the things that, yes, you could find in pretty much any metaphysical shop, but they weren't like the main thing. You know, they weren't the thing that was all the rage. It was a little bit more kind of underground, like even in the new age community. Um, so getting invited to go do all these speaking events and teach was really, really exciting for me because I was getting to share about crystals, about this thing that had really influenced me. And I started getting invited to places further and further away. It started to go from local to different communities within a few hour drive to out of state. And I really started to do quite a bit of traveling to teach. And the whole time I was sharing about this in this online community group. And I started having people from Oklahoma and Tennessee and Georgia and New Hampshire and Colorado say, I wish I could take this program with you. These classes you're teaching sound amazing because I was sharing all about this work and the experiences I was having with my students. And people are like, oh, there's nothing like this by me. I wish I could do this. Will you please, please, please bring these classes online. And I said, you know, well, I'm doing it through the email correspondence and I'd been doing that for a couple of years. And I said, yeah, I know, but I really would love to 
just feel like I was in the classroom with you. And so this was at the very beginning of when the technology was even really there to start supporting that kind of experience. So even though I really didn't know what I was doing, (laughs) I had built my own website from scratch um, all myself, which it was, I mean, I'll tell you, it was really bad. (laughs) It was not, it did not look good. But you know what? It worked. It functioned. It was far from perfect. Even my website now is not perfect. There are things that I would still love to update and change. But here's the thing. It was something that I cared about, so I made it happen. I had no idea what I was doing, but I learned. I watched YouTube videos. I did everything that I could to really try and figure out how to make this happen for people. So in 2010, I started offering my crystal healing certification program kind of as you see it now. Um, And I started offering it online. I started offering it to people all over the world. It was something that was so exciting for me and something that I looked forward to doing. So I was still doing it in person, kind of traveling around to teach. And I would go and teach a few classes in the program, um, each day. And so it would take people in person like a year because they'd come one Saturday a month to have a workshop with me. And it was a year commitment. I mean, it was a long time. So it was something that just kept growing and growing and doing this online, I think was the thing for me that made it feel like I was finally able to reach so many people and have that impact that I wanted to have when I got started. And that was a really big deal. Um, So as I was kind of building this online presence, I would do these free Ask a Crystal Healer nights. And I would do them about once a month. And just for about an hour, I would hop online and let people ask me questions. And they would just chat and ask me a little question in our kind of like live chat that accompanied the video. And they'd ask anything they wanted about crystals. And I would sit there for about an hour and just fire off answers to people's questions. And I'd then take all those little sections from that long event and I'd break them down into short YouTube videos. And some of those you can still see on my YouTube channel. Again, they are so old and so embarrassing at this point because they're not professionally produced. They are, they're very dated, right? Some of them I'm wearing a hilarious huge headset even because this is like way back in the early days of like YouTube stuff even. But the information was so solid and something that I really enjoyed doing. I've left those up because I think it's fun to kind of see the the progression because here's the thing, like I said before, if I can do this, you can do this too. This is something that anyone can make happen. So I had this online community. I had my YouTube channel. I was doing this email course and then the in-person CCH program and then moving my crystal healing certification program online. And I've just continued to develop that over the past decade. I mean, I started that in 2010 um, with the, the version of the program kind of that you see now, and it's now 2019. So even just this year, I've made some huge improvements to that program because I'm always listening to our community, to our students, trying to find out what they want, what they need, what would support them better in their learning. So something that we added in just this year to the program, which I'm so proud of and excited about, are video demonstrations. So I actually hired a professional photographer and videographer to take video of the step-by-step process and techniques and skills that I teach 
in this program. And that has been something I've gotten such amazing feedback from our students about and has been so rewarding. And even though it meant like really crazy long work weeks and photo shoots with the photographer that would last sometimes like 12 hours, you know, doing these videos, it's something that I am so proud to give to our students and something that really makes me feel like I'm doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. And like I'm really giving the best possible experience that I can. I'm, I'm teaching people in the best way that I can. And the really fun and exciting thing is that like as technology continues to develop and grow and we're able to do all kinds of different things, I feel like it just, it, it leaves so many possibilities for the future. And it's something I'm so excited about. Just thinking back to how I got started doing those classes through email to where they're at now is, is pretty phenomenal. And I couldn't do that without the type of modern technology that we have. But that's one of the things that is so cool about this. Like our community now, we have a student community that's in a private Facebook group. And I love seeing what happens in that group because you have all kinds of people getting together, sharing their experiences, supporting one another in ways that are really, truly phenomenal. We've even had some pretty cool things happen in that group. So um, we had two students who had never met, uh, Irene and David, and they met actually in our student group and they got to chatting and like this chatting led to more chatting and late night chatting and like having conversations about crystals and life and everything. And they just ended up getting married last year. So they lived on totally opposite sides of the earth. They met in the group. They talked all the time. They met up in person, started to see each other once in a while and just fell in love. And I think that's so beautiful. And then just this year in our most recent round of the program, we had two students, one who was an alumni and one who was a brand new student this time who met in our student group. And it turned out they were practically next door neighbors. They lived two houses away from each other. They had never met in person until they met in the group, found out that they lived in the same town, then found out that they lived like on the same street, just a couple houses away from one another. And now they get together and do amazing crystal rituals together. And they have someone to practice healing sessions on. And to me, this is like the most amazing thing. Like this is exactly why I do this work. Yes, it's something I'm passionate about. I love doing, but I love seeing the connections that take place. I love seeing the community come together. Um, because when I got started, I felt so alone. Like that wasn't something that I really had until a few years into it. And even then it wasn't like how it is now. Like it was very different. It was kind of one of those communities a long time ago that I was a member of that Yes, you could really share and, and get a lot of feedback and that kind of thing, but it wasn't quite as personal, I feel like, as how things are today. I think it's just more common for people to meet online and connect online and get to know one another. And um, yeah, it's just something that's been such an exciting journey and such a fulfilling journey and one that I can't really wait to see where it takes me from here. So that's, that's it. That's what I wanted to share today was just this story of how this all happened. And again, that thing that I really want to leave you with is if there's something that you feel called to do, if there's something that is so important to you that you know that you'll look back later in life and feel like you missed out because you didn't give it a try, because you were afraid or because you 
you know, didn't see how it was possible. You got to go for it. There are some things in life that are just worth going for, no matter how scary they seem, because the rewards can be beyond what you ever could have imagined. So take it from me. That is, that is my story and it can be your story too. So that's it. Um, I hope that you got a lot out of listening to this story. If you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website, of course, at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And if you did enjoy the show today, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave me a quick rating and review over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. And while you're there, you can subscribe through that link so you never miss a future episode. That brings me to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Visit us online at loveandlightschool.com.